0: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast. Hey, Nerdist Podcast listener. Do you live in a city? We might be coming to that city. January 28th, will be in San Francisco doing the Nerdist Podcast Live as part of SF Sketchfest. March 2nd, Boulder. March 3rd, Austin, Texas. March 23, Philadelphia. March 24, Atlanta. March 30th, Minneapolis. April 12th, Madison, Wisconsin. April 13th, Chicago, Illinois. April 14th, Iowa City, Iowa. And more dates are going to be added soon. So check out Nerdist.com slash calendar to get information and tickets on all of those shows. Do you have domains that you want to register, or are you with a company that maybe has pissed you off in some way? Well then take your domain business over to Hover.com. Hover is domain registration and service. That is simple. You can actually call Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m., there's a no-hold policy for customer service. You actually get a live person. They will talk to you, walk you through, which you probably won't even need because their UI is so clean and simple The registering domains is a snap. You can set up email addresses, forward email addresses, redirect domains to other websites, uh, create URL extensions, set privacy controls, and it is literally just a few clicks. So if you need any domain business at all, please go to Hover.com. They've been an amazing sponsor of the Nerdist Podcast for quite a while now. That's H-O-V-E-R dot com slash Nerdist and use the offer code Nerdist to get 10% off your domain registration. I thank them for their continued support of our wee Podcast. And now the Nerdist Podcast, episode number 156 with David Cross. And if you're listening to this podcast, be sure to check out the new season of David's show, The Increasingly Poor Decisions of Todd Margaret. The season premiere is January 6th. That's Friday. It's ten thirty nine 9 Central on IFC. And now here's the podcast.
1: Now entering nerdist.com.
2: Talked a lot about Twilight Zone. Just he had like tons of crazy Twilight Zone props, like even like a a credit plate, like with the background on it that they actually use.
1: His uh, fandom of the show, or is he doing? uh, No, just he's just a fan, a huge fan. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: David Cross, it's nice to see you. We're recording the podcast now. All right. That was (laughs) the start. We just
2: kind of stumble into it.
0: We just fall into it, like we just got home from an all-nighter. (laughs) <laughs> and we're just in the midst of it. Uh, where do you uh, do you live in LA now? What's
1: going on? No, no, no. I uh, I still live in New York or based out of New York. I haven't been there too much in the last uh, you know couple years, but um, but also my girlfriend uh, is lives here or or I mean she lives with me in New York, but also has a place here. So um, coming here is quite easy. There's no it it's. It's not like I'm coming to a place where I have to get a hotel room or crash at somebody's house or get a sublet or something like that. So it's, um, so I'm here more often than I normally would for somebody who doesn't care for LA. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so I'm unclear on this. You do not like Los Angeles? (laughs) I, I don't, you know, I'm not one of those, uh, I hate LA. LA sucks. But, and I lived here for nine and a half years and you find enjoyable things about it, which there are many. Um, but I I much prefer New York to L.A., I guess, put it that way. But do yeah.
2: you, you don't live in the city anymore, right? Don't you live, like, upstate New York?
1: Um, I have a place upstate, and I spend um, way more time than I ever imagined I would up there. Um, you know, I have to be in the city for either if I'm doing sets or yeah. whatever work there is. Um, and... uh and you know my my place I don't know that many people up there. It's a very 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 small town and uh um
2: it's just nice to have.
1: Oh, it's great. I'm yeah. I'm there way I never I thought it would be kind of a weekend thing occasionally, but I'll I'll go up there and say for 4 days and 4 turns into 6 turns into 8 and um it's just it's great. It's one of the best things best decisions I ever made.
0: Nice. That's it's almost kind of like, like how um, Zach bought a place in North Carolina and then just spends as much time there as yeah, possible. A farm.
1: yeah, I know. I mean, I have friends, um, uh, other friends who live in the city, um, and also some people I've met uh, since I've been up there who uh, have places around, uh, maybe not necessarily down the street, but. Um, Uh, a surprising amount for such a small town in the middle of nowhere in Sullivan County, you know, uh, and who are up there quite a bit, you know, Um, and yeah. How far away is it from the city? (laughs) Like how long? It's uh, two hours and change depending on traffic. I've, I've made it door to door. I'm in the East Village and door to door in two hours at the you know uh, at its best and i guess at its worst not uh, excluding something like hurricane irene something like that it'd be two and a half hours totally depends on there's two places where there's traffic one is the fdr going over the george washington bridge in the city and the the other is the last half hour is on a one lane tiny winding road uh and if you get behind, you know, a truck or something yeah. or some guy and you just can't pass for 15 minutes, will go by. Did you have to
0: make the Irene evacuation?
1: Um, no, I was actually upstate and, ah. and stayed there. Um, uh, and then going, but going back home like two days later, um, all of uh, this big chunk of uh, 87 was shut down. So I had to loop through... New Jersey, and it took four hours. Oh, yes. I had to go off of the main, like, like go out of the state and go <laughs> <laughs> approach it from another state. You
0: know? With all of the weird differences between New York and Los Angeles, have you thought about writing uh, with comedy? Have you thought about yeah. really devoting a lot of stand-up to the differences between these two s- disparate cities?
1: Um, well, I have a, I have a, a humorous T-shirt line, um, <laughs> and
0: uh, is it with these T-shirts that Bryce Capance was wearing?
1: They're they're all um, they're all accompanied by uh, um, Cheech and Chong candles. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I was able to buy a, a a ton of Cheech and Chong candles. How do you get those? In, That's um, amazing. It's online. I you guess. didn't make your own Cheech and Chong candles? No, I mean, I literally, there, there are... You do that? There are licensed products out there, Jonah. Yeah, there's 600,000 uh, <laughs> units, and I got them... Uh, um, I was watching Storage Wars and uh, <laughs> a bit on a locker We talked about that earlier. <laughs> oh, no, Yeah. Um, No, I mean, maybe that's why I'm a little hesitant to... I know, I know. know. Just because it it is so trite and kind of
2: cliche. Um, That's fine. uh, We could just talk about men and women then. (laughs) You know,
0: they always go to the bathroom in groups, I hear. Oh, sorry. I was
1: thinking black and white. Oh, me too.
0: I meant black people.
1: Can I say, I've made an observation that... Black people are from Mars and white people are from the planet Earth. <laughs> um, I mean there's your book title right there. there. There it is. But you have to have the intonation.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's audiobook only because you have to yeah. Oh, I want to I haven't heard I want I want to listen to your audiobook cuz you just completely fucked around with it.
1: I did. Well, I did in it, you know to make it a little different like uh, um uh and I've tried to do that with most stuff I put out like a, uh, a DVD of a concert is different than the cd portion and, and vice versa for all those things i did but um so the audio the audio version of the book um like i had a lot of people do this this isn't unique but i had you know uh, john benjamin and kristen Shaw and different people do different things in it um i also had uh lesavi fob just take over a section and just start singing what was a, basically a, a six-page list of things. Yeah. Um, long, song. long song. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Uh, Yola Tango does backing music for for one of the stories I, I read. And uh, and then one thing that... I would have to go back because I haven't heard it, but uh, I've had a number of people. When I say a number of people, I mean like a hundred people personally say this, and then people wrote in... You know, on my Facebook page, and who were legitimately angry, not not angry. I'm <laughs> yeah. going to punch you, but really like, hey man, what the fuck kind of attitude? Like I, you know, I I thought that was bullshit because there were various times where I would say, oh yeah, um, and I don't know how many. I'm like three or four, maybe like mm. uh, I'd be reading it and then I'd stop and go why you know why are you listening to this, this so lazy. just get the book read what happened to reading why I think it was more than it? three times I don't know yeah, I yeah. ha- I'd have to listen to yeah. it like I
2: like doing record. both though that's the thing like I, I got the book but then I also got the audiobook
1: but I also I, I didn't really I'm not really serious when I go you, no. <laughs> you're losers for listening to this I mean I was fucking around yeah I mean, yeah hopefully, it was great uh, you know I but
0: guess do I, you feel do you feel like that because 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 of your presentation and because your delivery is very sort of matter of fact when you're talking on stage, and do you, do you find that in your head, if someone's not getting it, you're like, you really think I'm serious about this? Does that, does that ever yeah, piss of you off?
1: Oh, I mean, I'll say it. I'll even if if you sense it, because sometimes you can sense it, and certainly uh, um, it's an it's an evolution from when I started before anybody knew who I was, where I wanted them to believe I I was fine with people hating me or or walking out or complaining if I. <sighs> Then I was doing my job, you know, where um, I wanted people to think that I was deadly serious about this absurd thing that uh, I was saying, or, or false anger, but but now it's a little trickier because people know me, and and if they think I'm seriously upset with them, then I'm then that's that's not necessarily a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be less people to get upset with next time.
0: Did you did you start in New York or San Francisco or, did, or was it neither Boston? I, I always I always think of you we'll as like Atlanta. coming down from the my okay you're you're right Atlanta. But but I but I guess in my 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 comedy history because I came into the I started watching the sort of that whole scene in, like, 91 or 2, I think, mm-hmm. like, right around when everyone migrated to Luna Lounge or wherever it was. Right. And so I just assume like, oh, you came down from San Francisco with, like, Barrent and all
1: those guys. No, I mean, we all... I mean, as water seeks its own level, we all knew each other just from uh, mutual friends and things like that. And, and uh, um, I started in Atlanta, but then... That was the that was such a that was the rawest start you can imagine <laughs> I was seventeen eighteen years old wasn't very good didn't hadn't really found my voice and wouldn't for a few years and and but that was the first place i I did shows first place I did stand up first place I did goofy things with my friends at you know uh, uh some music club uh stuff like that but i don't i mean that's that's just the the bare essence, organic start. Um, where I really kind of came into my own was Boston. I moved to Boston when I was nineteen, and that's where I met, you know, Louis C.K., Janine, Laura Keitlinger, Marin, you know, all all the guys you know of, um, and and obviously many others that you don't. <laughs> Look at that guy. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I wish I had
0: gotten a quick picture he, of that. That's a pastel green sweatshirt wow. underneath. uh Pink. It's. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say shrimp sleeve. colored and, uh, sandals with socks. On. Is
1: he? Is He's he, with
0: them. I assume.
1: Is he gay or just foreign?
0: Foreign. <laughs> He's wow. a foreign gay?
1: Wow. He's so confused. Is foreign gay? Foreign
0: Well played. We're all wow. Profit.
1: Um, but yeah, Boston's where I really kind of came into my own and and developed my voice. And that's
0: fascinating to me because
1: I always think of Boston
0: comics as like more not shouty, but really just
1: like fucking grabbing the audience by the scruff and well, being like, "Here are I think jokes." That's why. That's why this whole notion of alternative comedy, even before it was before there was a name or a label for it, because um, that didn't really come around till we were in New York and L.A. You know, mm-hmm. and in in the early nineties um, but that that it, to use the the true definition of the word that stuff that we were doing, all the people I mentioned um, and there are dozens more you know uh, um, that was truly an alternative to exactly what you're describing, which was ninety percent of Boston comedy, which was shouty and and uh, you know there's kind of a, a macho braggadocio yeah uh, and I Hopefully, will you'll start using that word braggadocio braggadocio and uh, <laughs> um, there was that you know that, that uh, Vinny Braggadocio <laughs> there That's was the, a character. the swagger it was very sexist. There was uh, um, uh, subtle and not so subtle racism to it. It wasn't and subtle. It was, uh, it was never subtle. You know, there there <laughs> was it was uh, uh, it was loud. It was confrontational, and you know, people loved it. And then we had. Uh, one or two uh we had, we had catch a rising star in cambridge um and then occasionally you'd have like uh, stitches or Where sands. was that?
0: Where was catch a rising star in cambridge?
1: Right in harvard square. It's now I don't know what it is now but that it, it turned into a a book. Oh, I think it's still a a book. It's yeah. still a a book. Um that was just for me everybody. <laughs> yeah, it was uh uh but that was the you know or you'd do your own shows. We had uh, uh like John Ennis um who was on Mr. Show, uh, uh, would kind of started this whole thing of doing shows in loft spaces, like Friends Lofts in uh, (laughs) South Boston and stuff.
0: I remember John Ennis from a young comedian special that Joe Piscopo hosted, and they totally put John Ennis on the spot. And Joe Piscopo was like, hey, I heard you do a Joe Piscopo impersonation. And he was just kind of shitty to him, and sort of put him on the spot yeah. to do his Joe Piscopo in front of Joe Piscopo. Ugh. Yeah. Now no one's really doing dream. Joe Piscopo impersonations anymore. Yeah. Uh, was it weird? Uh, I I always wonder from because when I look at your your guys's the the county movement that I sort of. I mean that was the comedy movement I most identified with, and if you guys were in the senior class, I was like a freshman sophomore class. When I, by You're the time like the
1: Luna Lounge, yeah,
0: exactly. I came in. I came in a handful of years. Uh, I came in a handful of years later, but I always looked at it as sort of, um, you know, it's sort of, I, I guess, like a, I don't know how else to describe it, like a punk comedy movement because it's a re. It's sort of a in uh, the antithesis of what else was going on.
1: Yeah, yeah or alternative. Alternative. You know, yeah. You know, I mean, that's why that uh, it eventually it became. Uh, nationalized. I mean, it was, it wasn't, as you were saying before, San Francisco had their kind of comic. And then there was an alternative to that. And there were all the folks who came out of San Francisco um, who migrated down to LA. So now Boston and San Francisco are now seeping in and then eventually taking over New York and LA. And, you know, by the time, uh, I mean, when, there was surf reality and, I mean, there were about five, there were about five clubs in New York that, you know, you could have, you could go to a, an alternative comedy show mm-hmm. as before it had its name. And, and, uh, and same with L.A., big and tall bookstore and, uh, you know, eventually on Cabaret and things like that. Um, and now it's all, I mean, it's all, they all bleed into one another and it's all yeah. uh, firmly, firmly established and there's mm-hmm. no such thing as alternative to that anymore do you find it's kind of hard to present uh, to i mean when when a
0: lot of the earlier stuff is kind of about just like fucking like showing your asshole at the system and then all of a sudden you become successful like is that is that weird is success weird
1: i don't know you'd have to ask somebody who all of the sudden became successful (laughs) not all of a sudden (laughs) but i mean it was a but i mean for most of us it was kind of a long slog not hard but it was it was so which i wouldn't trade for anything you know um uh there was no kind of overnight thing uh there there were many steps taken and and each of those steps is valuable cuz you learn more and you're um making new friends new contacts new potentially new people you're going to work with yeah. you know in the future and do you do you do a lot of sets now in new york because I,
0: I you're in la but i don't i don't i haven't heard that you're performing anywhere
1: um i i haven't done i've done a couple of uh a handful of things here and there uh one benefit one and I did uh Eugene Merman's um fifth anniversary show at mm-hmm. the Bell House in Brooklyn and and a, a Kurt and Kristen show and outside of that that those are the first three shows I've done since uh really since doing my last uh set on the tour that I did uh two and a half years ago, oh. Um, oh, yeah. or maybe it's three years, no, two years now, but, but I've been in London doing, uh, Todd Margaret, mm-hmm. so, and not that there isn't, there isn't opportunity to do sets there, and I, I, used to do sets there a lot before, but, uh, this is the second time it's, uh, I guess I'll phrase it has happened to me, but I've just, um, I just don't have any material, my head isn't, and I've been trying, and I'm like, all right, I gotta, and, and I, I don't have the skills or the capability to, uh, to co- focus and try to, um, uh, almost like, I guess filter my comedy sensibilities into three things. And right now, I'm tr- I'm thinking of other things in terms of story for this TV idea, and I need to kind of. Um, Say okay, I'm going to look at things like a stand-up, and the the thing that the weird thing I notice, like how does that translate? How am I going to talk about that on stage as opposed to oh, that'd be a good idea for this thing I'm working on. Right, Mm -hmm. I could have a character do this and that, and um, I just it just has I've literally written two jokes in the last two years, and that's and I I don't write really, or I should say I've thought of two jokes have occurred to me, right, um. Outside of one thing that sort of writes itself, which was I was in um, London, and I saw a guy. This is for real. I saw a guy wearing a the most impractical T-shirt. You could imagine it was in big uh, shiny letters, and it said, uh, "I'm in Miami bitch."." <laughs> <laughs> And so you can have fun <laughs> with that, but that's like that's a really <laughs> writing comedy, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. telling you about this. Ridiculous Do you
0: feel like t-shirt. you're just so focused on work and other stuff that you're not in situations anymore where you're kind of just free to react to stuff?
1: No, I, 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 I don't really have any kind of excuse. It's not that. It's it's because you know a lot of the stuff. Uh, my comedy has become more personal over the years, and. uh um, more kind of autobiographical, as opposed to what it used to be like and um, and you know I could things are going to happen to you whether you 're sitting in an editing suite or at dinner somewhere you 're always going to have dinner you 're always going to be going from point A to point B and observing things and whether you 're on in your car in l a or on the tube in London or on your bike in new york you 're still going to interact with people, and I just haven 't um, haven't been thinking in that way, and I, I need to t- kind of retrain myself to start thinking that way, because mm-hmm. I do want to do it. I, I love doing stand-up. It's just, and I had this happen uh, uh, roughly eight, nine years ago, same thing, where I just um, had a dry period for uh, a good couple years, where I just, it just wasn't happening, it, my brain wasn't working that way, and I, I I'm looking to kind of jumpstart it and, and get back to... And I, I even, you know, as I said, I did those three shows. And each time I'd go up there going, I I got nothing, I'm hoping <laughs> this works. I'm just going to try to ramble for 10 minutes. I hope <laughs> you, you know, don't mind indulging me. Maybe some gem will come out. <laughs> and not a whole lot came out. I mean, I talked, each show I had a... I, I showed a slideshow from uh, one of the worst weeks I've ever spent in my life, um, I had to go on a cruise, cruise ship for a week. And it was, um, it's a long, long, long story. And it was, it was just awful. It was, it was really depressing and infuriating and, and sad. And I've been talking about that. And I have a slideshow that accompanies it with pictures I took. Um, And people seem to be into that. But that almost feels like a performance piece thing. Did so you? Really stand did it. You had to work on a cruise or you had to go on a cruise? I work? had to work on a cruise. Oh. It's a, it's, <laughs> uh, it's a, it was awful. It was just. <laughs> and, I, and here's the thing I didn't really have to, I was made to. I was working on a movie. You'll, you'll see it in a matter of days. They <laughs> um,
0: uh, go to an island now.
1: Yeah, they do. Um, well, <laughs> uh, a couple of the cast members uh, end up getting chip wrecked. Um, <laughs> <and> <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was honestly in in my professional career the most um, miserable I've been, and the most poorly I've been treated, and disrespected, and um, there was I did not have to go on this cruise ship, and they made me go, and it was in the middle of Todd Margaret. I had to come from London. Uh, and I was threatened with being sued, and it was just an awful awful experience and for for a number of reasons and um you had to peel the shrimp it was terrible <laughs> is that a <laughs> euphemism yeah. um, and i uh, so that is a, that is separate though from the actual having to be on a cruise ship and when I say be on it i, I left once i, I no that 's not true I left twice so there was a um Uh, But one time I left for about 20 minutes, maybe. Um, And then the other, I was able to get out for about half a day. Uh, (sighs) Outside of that, you're locked, trapped into this, in this, just the worst of American ideals, the worst of what we are as a country. Floating Vegas. Um, but not Vegas. It's a floating uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. It's not, <laughs> it's not Vegas. If it was Vegas, there's there's other things for people like us that we could enjoy. But there's mm-hmm. there would be nothing. a bar at the bottom called the Double Down
2: that you could go to. <laughs> there
1: is nothing <laughs> on, and it's very it's small, like it's very tight, compact. Uh, there's, um, it's it's faux er- everything, um, and. Uh, and it, and a lot of i met a lot of cool people uh, and i don't want to kind of paint this broad brushstroke of everybody cuz i i um there was like a, a poker table and i would play texas holdem um with ba- roughly the same 12 15 handful of rotating folks in there and uh they were all really great most of them were and um but just uh some I, I have this level of celebrity. It might you know Mark Rivers. Yeah, yeah, very uh, well. Mark, one time we were out. Did a the theme so for, theme song for Mister Show. Yes, mm-hmm. amongst yeah, amongst many, other many other things, things. Yeah. and uh, um, he said he was like, dude, you need to either you need to either get more famous or less famous because the level you're at. <laughs> There is no respect. People feel fine coming over, going, "Hey, just right, interrupting your dinner with whatever is, you're on the phone." Hey, you're uh, what are you on? What are you? You're famous, right? What is it, what's the thing you're on?
0: And uh, that's that's that is a, that is the side effect of being on television versus being a movie star where people are afraid yeah, yeah. to go up. But on television, it's like, hey, this fucking guys in my living room every night. I, I, I can talk to the guy. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, what was that? Uh, I don't watch television. But what was that thing you're on? Yeah, very well, much so. Yeah,
2: what and, was uh, that thing that, the story Posein had where he was like uh, in Vegas, and a guy like went up to him and just started poking He's like, eh, eh, I'm being irritating like you are on TV. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh my Christ. God. Yeah. So
1: why do people think that's okay? <laughs> I don't I understand. <laughs> well, uh, my, my favorite is the... Um, and by favorite, I mean least favorite, uh, <laughs> is the um, the guy or woman, it's mostly a guy, nine out of ten times, who does the fake, like, listen, I don't, you know, I don't know who you are, but my girlfriend says you're famous, and, you know, who comes over like, <laughs> with this kind of apologetic, half-apologetic, and like, No you know, real reason to come up at all. No, no real reason at all. And where's your girlfriend? Where is she? Yeah. You're pointing to a corner. I see 150 people there. <laughs> You know, she said you're famous, and uh, like I don't gi- I don't give a shit. I don't watch TV, but anyway, she said, uh, you know, uh, so what do you do? Wh- who are you? Now, what's funny oh, about yeah. that, and particularly
0: <laughs> particularly with with actors and comics, is that a lot of, a lot of performers are relatively uncomfortable one on one with strangers. So to have someone confront them in that way, and to come up and be like, hey, 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 mm. what are you? You're just instantly like, why are you talking at me?
1: Yeah, it's it, but I, I I say those things to give you a context for being on this claustrophobic right cruise ship with literally thousands. It's, it was the California Dream. Uh, I'm sorry, the Carnival Dream, which at the time was the largest um, pleasure cruise ship on the planet.
2: We know what the Carnival Dream is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now you do. Now you do. <laughs> and uh it's really tight spaces claustrophobic um and uh you got to
0: spend the extra money to get the balcony otherwise you'll just kill
1: yourself it, it's it's just i uh, you know it, it was 7 days of i stayed in my tiny little room it was it was teeny tiny if you've ever seen a picture of those things where like the toilet is next to the sink next to the shower it's all one thing mm-hmm. and, um you walk in and your you know your bed's right there there's a little monitor and a... uh kind Of desk dresser thing that sticks out of the wall, and then the wall, and it's just that. And I spent most of my time in there, it was Ugh. just because you'd walk around and people, hey, it's Chick Popeye guy, hey, <laughs> or hey, Alvin the Chipmunks, hey, get over here, get over here, Uncle Ian, <laughs> get over here. <laughs> and, and also, I sh- t- to uh to kind of justify my whining about this, uh, the scenes that they wanted me to, therefore, um. There were three scenes. My character in the beginning uh, of the movie is, is certainly the part that takes place on the cruise ship, is in a mascot uniform, like a foam rubber uh, cruise ship mascot uniform. Not an inch of flesh is showing nothing. <laughs> and here here's the kicker. ready for this. No dialogue. Oh, oh. no dialogue. You can't see me.
0: Now I'm surprised you didn't get a better oh, stateroom. Christ, I'm surprised you didn't get a better
1: stateroom. There, I don't know if there are better ones, really. Uh, um, there, there. It was the it, they were they're renownedly cheap. This uh, this studio and they're 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 um, infamously, you know, uh, many many people complain. But they, I mean, they were sticking the. Wardrobe people, three per three people to a room. When when I say it's tiny, I mean go look on a on the website. It's oh, there's very small rooms. It's
2: have you been on a cruise? I mean, nothing. Yeah.
1: Uh. There's no room. I can't imagine. I mean, it was tough for one person. I can't imagine three and those and the uh, the amount of obese people. That's what was truly <laughs> like. Well, how are they getting in and out of that room? <laughs> The Buffets to bring them in, but how <laughs> the room itself, like oh, a uh, like a, you
0: have to uh, grease up and then you, you yeah, the, I, d- from I the don't
1: buffet. know how they do it.
0: The toilet has got to be <laughs> particularly difficult. Oh man,
1: mind. man, oh man. I, I remember, well,
0: I want to talk a little bit about Mr. Show, but I also I do want to thank you because um, you're welcome. <laughs> I want to thank you for Mr. Show, thank you. I actually do want to thank you for Mr. Show, but, but, but you're but, welcome. But before that, I do want to say, um, September 1st or 2nd of 2001 we're all at Bumbershoot uh having a good time not giving a shit about anything not going through crazy security at airports we all go back to New York September 10th I was with you oh my and god and we were absolutely. out until like four o'clock in the morning
1: really I remember that that was what that was the opening of Luna yes that was the mm-hmm. the first yep. the first night of that the Luna season. Lounge yeah and in I, the East Village I hosted it yeah yep,
0: yep which was a great Monday night comedy show in, in New York yeah. and uh and I barely slept because I was, you know, I was supposed to get on a plane the next morning to fly back to LA, and then September 11th happened, and then it just felt like even that day, it felt like the night before where we didn't give a fuck about anything and we were up all night drinking. It felt like it was six months ago.
1: Oh man, I couldn't even. I I I just remember the particulars. I don't remember the night so much. I remember getting really hammered, and um, and we all had a good time, and I met that girl uh whatever but um uh <laughs> we were all running around and uh and it was a really and it also there was that spirit of like hey luna lounge you know the season's back or yeah, whatever yeah. it's gonna be great because it
0: takes the, the com, there's, there's a lot of comedy takes off for the summer in new york and then in yeah. the fall it starts back up and people are into the groove again
1: yeah and it was literally the first Ugh. night back of uh you know the luna nights and uh and and yeah, we. I think we went to Max Fish. I'm pretty sure. It oh, that sounds Street. familiar. Yeah, went Th- to I, Max Fish. I remember playing a pinball machine somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that's okay. Max Fish. All right. So, uh, but but we had a great
0: time, and then that happened, and then I sort of got trapped. You know, I sort of got stuck in New York because I didn't want to travel back and forth. And then you actually called me. I think it was that day or the next day to make sure I was okay, and I always thought that was really nice, you know, because I knew you from. We, you know, you worked on Trashed, which was the, oh, my God. very first job at MTV. I was going way back, 1994.
1: Well, that I mean, that would have been one of the first things I did too. Uh, I mean, I came out to LA for Stiller, but after that, I, that was probably the very next thing I did. Oh was wow, did stuff on trash. yeah Oh, the
0: Stiller show. Oh my God, the Stiller show. That, I I took a t- I took a tape from MTV that just said like the best of the Ben Stiller show. It was just a VHS tape that I took in the late 90s, BHS and it was tapes. every fucking. Yeah. <laughs> It was, it was a, gr- it was an amazing collection. I mean, I, I watched, I wore that tape into the ground, just like every fuck, you know, like yeah. Manson and Kate Munster and just every fucking, I, it's I, TGA Fridays. The yeah. 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 TGA T J. O yeah. Um, i had forgotten that you wrote on that show and then we're on that show. Yeah. Towards
1: the end. I, I was, uh, yeah, Dave
0: with a big bunch of curly hair.
1: Yeah. Pretty baldy. Um, yeah, and then uh, I think Trash was probably, uh, I would imagine, literally the next thing I did was, uh, we just came in and did those little um, vignettes. Yeah. Was uh, Steve Higgins writing on
0: Steve it? Steve Higgins yeah. was the head writer for that. Yeah. Uh, and actually, so was Dave Higgins, was a yeah. writer, and then he left to be on the Ellen sitcom. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Gruber, uh, and then Joel Hodgson, and Odenkirk did stuff, and Dana Gould, and Margaret Cho, and Janine. It was a fun group of people. It was, it
1: fun, was, it was people. fun. It was fun. Yeah,
0: And then so that sort of felt like Mr. Show kind of redefined how a comedy show, I think, could be done. And I, I, you know, I would see see that for years later because it's a good format where you're on stage sort of, you know, like in the midst of a conversation. And then that kind of bleed that that throws into a sketch.
1: Right. Right. I mean, we were that was a calculated thing we we did. It was a conscious effort to do that. Um, uh, But also clearly. Uh, taken from Monty Python that idea of the, um, the Although they, they you can't really tell they did their shows live or they they did you know the the it looks live it looks like they right. but you never see their audience or anything you kind of hear them sometimes and and we wanted to um make make the audience kind of a part of the show you yeah. know that's why we we'd walk through the audience or start the intro with a camera going you know, the, the, there's a person who represents a character that's going to be in the show, and and then the camera goes past the audience, and then you know we talk directly to them and stuff, and that was a, a conscious thing we did. Did they bring in? <laughs> did they bus in just random audience people, or
0: did you actually the, people the actually fir- know what the fuck they no, were no, seeing? No, no. The
1: first, uh, you know, the first four, the first season, quote unquote, were, were just four episodes, very experimental, very low budget. Uh, we shot it at a. <laughs> at one of those spaces that you can rent on um one of those side streets between Hollywood and Sunset <laughs> and uh it was I can't remember the name of it but it was a place that had uh, uh there's a point where I turn the camera and point to the um, the TV yeah yeah I yeah, point yeah, to yeah. the to the to the uh, menu and it's oh, uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. real we just left show. that up yeah. wait was <laughs> it at,
0: uh was it at um it started
1: with an L I think
0: was at uh wasn't it at like near next to the Tamarin Theater? Wasn't it like over there? I don't know where that is. That no, was well, the UCB now. So that's La Pubelle. No, 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 no. This was
1: literally a side street off of Hollywood on, uh, on that Hollywood strip before before they redid it and okay. before the Kodak Theater and all that oh, crap. Oh, I it, think I might. It was a tiny street, um, whatever. Uh, yeah. It wasn't Las Palmas, but it was somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, uh, you know, you could literally hear crickets that were in the <laughs> walls. Um, and the audience was bust in, and, and there was this moment there where, uh, you know, because we, we got very good at eventually uh, winnowing down the time between uh, takes and between setups and stuff because uh, we wanted the show to move quickly because uh, we had, you know, video pieces that would roll in, and we'd have to set up a you know, the next set and stage and all that stuff, but in the first four episodes, we didn't have, um, we really didn't have it down yet, and so I'm sitting on stage waiting to, uh, to get the cameras set, and th- these, these kids were bust in from, uh, like Eagle Rock, and, uh, um, I'm like, hey, what do you, what do you guys think of the show? And they're like, Hispanic seniors in high school, and he's like, Y'all needs more color, man. <laughs> <laughs> and they they were right. We had no color at all. That's and when anyways. Jerry Minor was hired. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Get us Jerry Minor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, adding color to your show, I see. Yeah. <laughs> um But yeah, it was just it was high school kids from Eagle Rock for the first four episodes. And we had some of our friends, you know, people who knew us and, and we had done um uh, Bob and I had done at least five, if not six, seven Kind of variations of Mister Show in in places live before it was a TV show before we conceived of it as a TV show, so there were um, folks who who knew us from there, you know, the comedy community, yeah, you guys uh, who would come down, but you know, they filled out that audience with, you know, not not really our crowd
0: no. <laughs> but uh, that show really was just left the Drew Carey show here no
1: do it. this <laughs> is this is pre Carlos Mencia so they had nowhere to go <laughs> they're wandering around waiting for Carlos Mencia to get a show but
0: that, <laughs> when is this gonna happen
1: yeah. uh, finally
0: I gotta leave that show Oh, you have to go to work I have to go shoot b-roll ah shit hey Matt's Matt's, Matt's producing a, a gadget segment that we're shooting today so you have to go shoot b-roll yeah. for the, the computers I don't care yeah, I know <laughs> honestly right. I don't either <laughs> I think I do you, know. all right Bye, right, Matt Meyer. Andy I'll see you tonight. in a couple we hours. You were on time, Chris. I yeah. the whole oh, thing. Oh snap! Oh. oh, it was my fault. No,
2: I'll take so that. Good thing you weren't on time.
1: I'll take that punch in the fucking nose. But note. you, you, uh, you have a, a great excuse. If there's, if there's an excuse for you to be late and keep me waiting for half an hour, it's that J.J. <laughs> Abrams wanted to keep talking. I'd do the same to you. He was uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. J.J. Abrams. He was fucking smart. amazing. It was. I'm it was sure. It was really is, great. That guy's amazing.
0: Um, but. Uh, but, I, but the Mr. Show was really sort of, that's when that, that kind of comedy movement really solidified. It was something that was totally different and really spoke to people who just needed something other than this, you know, than what was being offered on, on, on television at the time. And
1: it became an employer for so many people, too. Um, I, know, I know you're speaking of, of comedy fans outside of the L.A. universe. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, we also, when you look at the 33 episodes we did over those four years i mean we a lot of people we worked with a lot of great you know cool people and were able to give people jobs and stuff pretty, we
0: have pretty much most of the like the really smart cool comedians who have popped in recent years did something or other on mr show at one time
1: uh, the, you know the those were all our friends you know it was very um but that was the scene in la at that time you know yeah uh and then did you and Bob write
0: together, or did you just did you bring an idea separately and then kind of go through it with the the writers' room what was um,
1: both, but predominantly uh, uh, it was together and and the way we would uh approach each year, our writing staff kind of grew uh little by little, adding one or two or two or three people each year, uh, adding an extra producer uh, between series two and series three. Um, and then, in uh, or, sorry, season four, um, I think we had five producers. you know, it was Bob and I and um, Dino Statopoulos and Jay Johnston, <laughs> um, which would be four, I guess. But uh, um, n- the way it normally worked is uh, Bob and I would meet for anywhere between two to four weeks, um, sometimes informally, and then once we got in office, we'd go in there just on our own, very loosely, you know, not not make an entire eight-hour day of it, but, you know, come in at 11, hang out till about four, and just start writing, you know, and, and we, the first hour of any day is always like, oh my god, did you see 60 Minutes last night? Did you see this thing? Or did you read in the paper this thing? Or, oh my, man, I had this, I gotta tell you this story, uh me and, you know, whoever, we were having dinner, and then this waitress came up, and, and you just sort of, shoot the shit, or talk about this idea that you think could be uh, a sketch, and then we just talk, pretty much, just uh, make ourselves laugh, and talk about, you know, the thing we read, or what we did last night, and then, you know, sometimes you come in with an idea that you thought of, and then we would write, you know, we wrote a bunch of stuff um, together before the other writers came in, and then it got more a little more formal, right? Um, and
2: would you guys have premises for them to script out, or uh, would you do uh, guys sometimes? A, but yeah.
1: often, uh, people would come in with an idea. We would table stuff, we'd uh, twice a week we'd all meet and uh, go around the room and pitch ideas. And uh, Bob was pretty strict about being respectful to the ideas, and um, uh, for better or worse, you know, some some uh there were definitely some ideas that were people were like what uh (laughs) or 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 an idea or something that somebody had written um and it in immediately didn't nobody got it or it wasn't funny but then you go around the room and you add these little tweaks or ideas and um um and, you you know, you, you end up with, maybe it didn't really resemble what it initially was, but you end up with this funny, cool idea. Um, and then vice versa. Uh, I remember coming in with the idea for what ended up, I would say, one of our three worst sketches. Um, not that we didn't try it, and we, we all kind of believed in it. There was a good idea there, but it just didn't translate, which was... Uh, I had this idea that just occurred to me one night, like, oh, you know, it'd be a really great practical joke if you had a party, and then you went to your friends individually and said, like, Chris, Chris, come here. Hey, man, um, I'm going to tell everybody... I gotta go crash. I gotta get up early in the morning. But oh. um, when I do that, you stay here and we'll play. You know, we'll get it. We'll play Call of Duty or whatever the thing. Was. That was the idea for the practical joke where you get a you have a party of like twenty people and you tell each person or a couple like, dude, listen, I'm gonna go in. You just tell that to everybody and then you <laughs> eventually go. All right, well I gotta crash and just watch everybody not leave. <laughs> <Friday> <laughs> yeah. sure. So that oh, that's a great idea. We should make that a sketch. And uh, man, we tried so desperately. Uh, it got so big, and it ended up with this uh kind of higher concept where it's the queen <laughs> and like what is happening? And yeah. It just didn't work. It didn't work. It never really worked. Uh, it, the The only good thing about it was some of the performances were funny and the concept was funny, but mm. as a thing, it didn't work. So that's an i. That's the the reverse of that idea that everybody goes, oh, that's great. And it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. Do you prefer? Do you do you find
0: you write from a different place in your head when you're when you're like putting a sketch together versus versus stand up, or do you feel like it's oh, completely,
1: absolutely? That's what I was, uh, um, you know, trying to uh, intimate before was the idea that I when I'm when I'm thinking in sketch terms, I see things in sketch terms. When I'm thinking in uh, longer arcing TV story ideas, I think, I see the same thing and think of it in those terms, as opposed to when I'm doing stand-up, and when I'm, when it, it, you know, it's a very, getting back into it, it's slow, it's a slow process for me, um, because I don't write, I don't sit down and write, you know, and, yeah. and uh, to, to my detriment, I'm not saying that's a good thing at all, it's just, I just haven't, I'm not a good joke writer, and I never have been, and I don't have the, uh, patience or capacity to do it and uh um most of the writing is kind of done on stage with this kernel of an idea and i just haven't gotten back into the stand-up mode filter of seeing the same things that i would see that i have been seeing and making that a stand-up bit as opposed to i'm working on these couple different uh tv show ideas and now i'm looking at things like oh how can i put that into that and I need to sort of make a conscious effort, even if it's putting a post-it note on the door before I leave going, remember to think like a stand-up. You <laughs> <know>.
2: uh, <laughs> when when you were writing earlier, when you were writing on the Ben Stiller show and stuff like that, were you still going out and doing stand-up as, uh, as oh, much? Oh,
1: yeah, quite a bit. I mean... Um, Was that
2: hard to like just... That's the the trouble I'm running into now that I'm like writing on shows is that, you know, being creative for some other entity all day and then having to switch gears... Or stuff for myself at night.
1: I think that was the difference. Was I was writing for somebody else, so there was um, uh, not frustration, but there was this. It's not what I would normally be doing. Like, yeah. uh, and and specifically with Ben Stiller show, it was often, you know, who, who does he want to imitate, you know, or who, who, who what uh, TV parody are we doing, um, and. So it was easy, almost like a, a a release in a way to go. Okay, I did that for eight hours, and I was trying to, you know, figure out a Tom Cruise thing, <laughs> um, and and now I want to go out and use my voice. To, you know, do something uh, that's more me, if yeah. that makes sense. Um, yeah. When I'm doing this stuff, uh, especially if I'm writing for a character, I'm doing on this. TV show idea and this, and trying to come up with this, you know, uh, um, larger Bible, this story arc for how can this thing last for three seasons and where would this character go? And, um, i am just, it's still, I'm thinking in terms of myself and that probably, uh, impedes that kind of thing. But, but when I was writing for somebody else, uh, it was. So your creative energy wasn't
2: spent at the end of the eight hour day.
1: No, no. Uh it was almost even if it was I would just sort of you, you leave, you take a breath, you exhale, you put that aside. Okay, I did that. That was my job today. And now in the next couple hours and you kind of rejuvenate when you hook up with your stand-up friends and you're yeah. wherever and um and then keep in mind there were also those uh like luna uh, um sorry, um uh, Largo, uh, like, uh, no, like Largo and Uncabaret. Cabaret, this or you had free to have Largo, oh, Largo? Like un Cabaret, where where you weren't supposed to do stand up, so that would. Oh yeah, Beth would Beth Lapidus would say, "Don't do,
0: you can't yeah. do, just bring in a story that happened to that day," which I think is a is a is a cool idea. I think maybe at some point, in some points, though, you're like, "Well, I mean, a little bit of joke structure is okay." I mean, you know, just because it is a mm. show, you know.
1: Yeah. But it's, some people ignore that. Like I know. People doing their material. I mean, you know that Dana Gould would go up there and I, I love and revere and totally respect Dana Gould and, and also who gives a shit about you know uh, the parameters that are imposed upon you by somebody else who's running that show, but Dana would often go up and you know do some autobiographical thing and then he'd start doing stand-up and no, <laughs> nobody I 'm glad he did nobody cared, but a lot of people kind of ignored that you. know. Mm. That edict from Beth.
0: Yeah, that that all that stuff was was totally eye opening for me and sort of life because just as someone who was obsessed with comedy my whole life, but then to see it done in that way, I was like, oh my god, I didn't know what I had been missing this whole it, time. It was a
1: cool mix of people. Like there were there were at least every show had somebody that wasn't a stand up or wasn't necessarily a performer, you right? Know? Which was a, a smart thing to do.
0: Yeah, you know? and then you're, I I don't know why this always sticks in my head, but. I think maybe a 2004 at Bumbershoot, you did a bit about something called Squaggles.
2: <laughs> oh, Squaggles from... Yeah. Uh, what was that place Co- called? Cozy. Cozy's, yeah.
0: <laughs> well, they're
1: square bagels.
2: Yeah, yeah. Your, your your grandfather's bagels. <laughs> yes, they they yes. drop on the floor, they roll away.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, some of that came from... I don't think I showed <laughs> it... Or maybe did, did I at that show?
0: I think you showed a flyer or you showed... As you had saw, something because yeah. you, you would reveal was, it a little bit.
1: Here's the thing. I went to... um I shot a short film with Sam Cedar for the like I can't remember what it was like a New York who's now a real news guy yeah yeah, New York comedy you know something film festival thing that it it kind of lasted for like three years and then went away but um I shot this little movie for it and uh uh, and we uh, we shot at the cozy. Uh, corporate headquarters or whatever in you know uh, in Midtown somewhere, and we're there it's a Sunday there's no security, and uh, I that's where I saw the poster I'm like are you <laughs> this? and then but uh, even better and I still have it is the cozy I don't know what they call it but it's um, it looks like it's about a, a seven minute film it looks like they might have made for investors maybe it's about it's uh-huh. like um, it has the three guys from I believe Washington D.C. is where they started, um, and they're talking about the cozy philosophy, right? And they're oh. these kind of guys, got just graduated, <laughs> maybe uh, George Washington um, and uh, uh, or Georgetown rather, um, kind of corporate, you know, Brooks Brothers shirts and uh, you know penny loafers, and they're they're probably like thirty one, and they're uh, three dudes, three three bros hanging out, good friends, and we wanted to. To come up with the concept of something that's more than coffee, you know, and it's just <laughs> bullshit from start to finish. And, and, uh, and I used to show that like, and, you know, I couldn't do it at like big shows, but I would show that around. Like, uh, you got to watch this and I'd stop it. And, um, and, uh, it's like, what does cozy mean to you? It's, and a lot of Dutch tilts, zoom in <laughs> stuff. Uh, and, uh, the, you know, the cozy philosophy and all this garbage. And, uh, Um, but that's where I got that stuff from was, was shooting in there and I was lucky enough to be able to uh, grab some of it and throw it in my backpack.
0: That was the same bumper shoot that I saw your dick and balls because, uh, there was a knock on my hotel room door and you and and Nick Swartzen burst in and started jumping up and down on the bed with no (laughs) clothes on.
1: You you were one of uh, (laughs) a number of people. We were going through the hallways. We got, we got naked in the elevator. Ding
0: dong dicked.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. Like completely, no, not even shoes and socks, <laughs> nothing, yeah. nothing. And then your clothes were like down the hall in a yeah. pile, which means that you had to take your clothes off in the hallway. I think we took them off in the elevator. And then <laughs> the idea would be like, what if somebody's getting on the elevator? And uh, yeah, because we went into Posey's room as well. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm very. I'm not shy about getting totally naked. Would you do that now, though, where someone could just, like, take a picture of it and upload it right to Twitter? Would you give a shit? I did uh, when Amber and I started going out, she was in New York, uh, she had just moved in with me, um, and (laughs) I had met some of her friends for the first time, and we were at Great Jones, and, um, we were all drinking, and, and this is, in the winter, too, she was shooting The Unusuals, and, um, and... I can't remember how it started, but I did. It was when the 300 movie came mm-hmm. out um, or was about to come out, and they were incessantly running those commercials like, I am Sparta. And I said it. I don't know why I did it. And then there was a table, um, and they were kind of joking like they knew who I was and they were like, that wasn't very good. Yeah, that's not much of a Sparta. And then I ended up, I took my shirt and uh took my shirt and sweater off and uh and then i yelled it in the middle of the restaurant bar again <laughs> and they're like nope next or whatever i was like oh yeah and then i took all my clothes off and just stood there with my dick was next to this guy's face like, <laughs> dangling about ear level and i i amber and i had just started going out basically like not not too uh much prior to that and um and her friends were there and and they've got plenty of footage and uh, pictures and stuff. That might, oh no, that wasn't the last time I got naked. No, I, uh, it's such a cheap, easy thing. I don't care. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm fairly an open book and, uh, um, I don't have a large penis, but it's not small. It's not so small I'd be embarrassed. Right. Uh, it's completely average and I, I'll, that's fine. I'll take it. And, uh, um, I was at the Groucho in London, which is a. I've been there. Yeah, it's kind of a posh, fancy, like upper crust of British performers. Yes. yes. And we, I can't remember what we had all been doing. Uh, um, we we definitely weren't shooting because I wouldn't get that drunk while while we were shooting. But it was for Todd Margaret and a bunch of us. I can't remember what it is we did, but we were somewhere, and then everybody said, "Let's go to the Groucho." And I got, I was like, oh, "I don't want to go there. It's so." you know, poncy, and, you know, it's just kind of douchey, and let's go to the Phoenix. Have you ever been to the Phoenix in London? Uh, I'll tell you about it later. It's awesome. Okay. Um, Let's go to the Phoenix. Come on. And I just got outvoted, and and so my idea was to get us kicked out of the Groucho, (laughs) so I took my clothes off. And uh, I did get kicked out, and I ran through the kitchen. That's how I got. Out there. And, we, and I eventually got my way, and we went to the Phoenix. But that was the last time I got naked. Nice. <laughs>
0: so how do they? Do they do, are they? Are they freaking out? Or are they like, sir, you need to leave?
1: Hmm. Um, a, a more kind of uh, rushed, urgent, sir, you need to leave. Kind of, uh, they were they weren't freaking out, but they were not happy with it, and they were very kind of hands. I would think the, the Brits here. would think that was hilarious. Well, some did, but not the guys who worked at the. I oh, mean, sure. if you work at the Groucho, they're, you're a certain kind of person, right? You know, uh, to enjoy that kind of thing, and you know they don't want some drunk American quote unquote <laughs> comedian, out. you know, <laughs> sitting in a booth. I was sitting in the booth naked. Like that was my idea. Was to just let somebody find me. Like no, 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 no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it. I was naked for about six seconds before they came running. (laughs) That's the idea. Has it been fun to do, or or different, uh, just to do
0: uh, Todd Margaret over in London and then ship it back here?
1: Yeah, it was great. I mean, uh, I kind of, uh, I would vacillate uh, almost, you know, monthly on whether I liked London or not. And it was often, um, you know, there was periods where it was, it got lonely, you know, and... uh, I had a lot of great friends over there. The people I, I worked with and, and know there are great. Some of my favorite people in the world. I love them. Uh, I wish I could work with them again. Um, but, you know, everybody uh, would eventually go off to their families or girlfriends or boyfriends. And, and, you know, you go back to your flat that's not yours. You're subletting it for somebody else. And uh, you have dinner by yourself. And, you you know, I get my Harper's or whatever I was reading and go to the handful of Places where people knew me, and um, you're just there and you eat by yourself, and then you go back and you're by yourself, and right, being a morning. comic on the road, you know, yeah, it was, it was, it was. It, oddly enough, I the weekends were kind of bummer. Like everybody, you'd you'd feel this relief, like okay, we don't have to, we got a couple days off, but you know, I, the weekend I just spend by myself, unless I occasionally I go to. You know, a, a football game with somebody, or we'd go somewhere, but most of the times you're just hanging out by yourself. But this last year, I had my dog sent over, which is good. And, you know, Amber would come when she could. She was working and she'd be there for two, two and a half weeks at a time. And, um, and there were maybe two or three times I was able to get away for like four days. You know, there's a bank holiday, and, you know, we all decided like this, we're kind of ahead on the script or in production. So, let's add a day and so i went i would go to you know the the cornwall or something and and see another part of england and uh you know something like that but for the most part it's kind of a uh it just got a little lonely but outside of that it was uh i really really like london i like the people there um i like the area i was staying at this last time which was notting hill um it was cool i like i like and i like the culture there i like the uh, i don't mean the culture like a lot of museums and stuff but the 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 idea that collectively uh you know you work and uh, you know you leave and you go to a pub and and most everybody goes to a pub and you hang out and you have one two three pints people don't get trash i mean they do on the weekends for sure but um yeah the pubs close like 11 like they're they're yeah, between eleven and twelve and uh and so you can hang it there's like a social thing, um and often people have a pint at uh, at lunch, you know. And everybody would go the the place I worked at, um was this old uh, uh warehouse uh that they turned in this kind of business collective. It would be like this building we we were in now was from like eighteen forty <laughs> yeah. and used to, you know, ship mattresses or something around the world. But um but they just, you know, redid the interior, and it had its own on-site pub called oh, wow. Village Fair. Yeah, and and wow. you go out there on a nice day, everybody's out there having a pint or a glass of wine or whatever at lunch or two, and then going back to work, and you go back to work till whatever, six, and Then you go to the pub. And especially, you know, if there was, you know, if Liverpool was playing Everton or whatever, you know, there'd be somebody going like, oh, mate. Go watch that game. And then you'd say, <laughs> All right, let's go. And you go to the pub down the street and
0: yeah, that's why I couldn't handle it that's why I don't drink anymore because I would have started at lunch and then just been like,
1: I'll just hang here, you guys.
2: That's yeah. I'll that's, just be here till midnight. I'm bad at just the, the one at lunch. But I, if you,
1: you're you 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 would not be, trust me. If you had to work and you had stuff to do, you'd get it done, you know?
2: There was you one would. time. Uh, on Web Soup, where uh, Blaine just kept uh, Blaine Capash just kept on buying drinks at lunch, and everyone's like, "Well, Blaine's buying," and then like, and you know, Blaine of course is drinking tequila. We're all downing beers, and then we all went back into the little that office we should. That guy's skinnier
1: shared. than a whippet's tail. <laughs> he's <laughs> tiny. And he eats like
2: shit. He eats the... He's like... It's like we're all g- going down to like Chipotle's like, oh, I don't want that stuff, man. And you see him eating two hot dogs at his Like he's, he's, he's a class yeah.
0: five mutant. Like yeah. He yeah. actually just he metabolizes everything at yeah. a super high rate.
2: Oh, I need I need some Coke. You can also um, run really fast. Uh, but like, yeah, then we all went back to the office and we all kind of started... We ever hear everyone kind of typing a little slower. And <laughs> then uh, I kind of all of a sudden go... Ah! I looked around, and the three of us had all fallen asleep at our desks. <laughs>
0: nice. Yeah. Well, we all, we have a few minutes left with you, but I, I want to... Got to talk about... I absolutely have to talk about Arrested Development, which is was another one of those. I mean, you've been involved in a lot of shows where they sort of redefine how comedy is presented. And and, and Arrested Development was was absolutely one of those shows. Um, although, you remember, you told a funny story at Embar one time about how there was a scene where everyone was like, Eating food, but then everyone had a chum bucket because everyone was on the Atkins diet. And no oh, one. Oh, I know
1: exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it wasn't everyone. It was uh, the ladies. Um, uh, yeah, that was. Uh, I know. Was, yeah, you're right. So that's a great one of those great little Hollywood things where. Um, yeah, we all had to be eating, and there were a number of people who would just spit it out like, really? You don't even have to put that much in your mouth. or, or there's You can Chick- fake swallow some of it and yeah. leave the rest of it in your... I mean.
2: Yeah. I end up doing that, though, when I fake eat. I end up just going through it.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: when I first started, uh, I did... Uh, before I knew about Chum Buckets, it was literally the first movie I ever did, um, uh, outside of playing reporter number three in the Amelia Earhart story. Um but I was um at a in a scene where it was a uh there were a bunch of people at a Chinese restaurant and the food that the that they just uh you know, the art department or props or whatever that was real, that was edible, that came out for us to eat was um mushu pork. And and that's one of my least favorite Chinese food things. I don't like the uh Hoisan sauce and mm-hmm. all that stuff and, and I don't like shitty pork. And um and I didn't know about I didn't even know about the takes and matching takes. And so we're you know my character's eating and I'm rolling up this thing and I'm like, mm, taking big bites of it and um and the you know I ended up having to do that and match it and eventually they that's how I learned about a chum bucket, Um <laughs> but uh yeah it's a boring story never mind. No mm-hmm. no
0: I I want to on Arrested was it were you involved with the writing process or like
1: what how? Nope no I um. You know, occasionally Mitch would say, like, oh, you know, if you want to help out or, uh, y- you know. But there just wasn't... That wasn't really the the protocol. And, and in the... Everybody assumed it was highly improvised, and it wasn't. It was just... It was so tightly written. In the beginning, I'd say the, fir- the pilot and the first... I don't know. The beginning of the first year, there was more improvisation but really not a whole lot of room for it because I mean we got long scripts uh, that that show by the time you're cutting everything out is it's I think it's literally 21 and a half minutes mm-hmm. per ep- per half hour that's on screen and we were getting you know 44 page scripts wow. in the oh beginning. shit yeah 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 and it's uh so a lot of stuff that you would even shoot that was scripted wouldn't make it in you know so we we kind of quickly learned to to not riff so much and uh but it's a testament to the quality of the writing that people thought it was you know yeah. and there was some in the beginning a very beginning but really not a lot after that
0: i wouldn't have thought that that show was that heavily improvised just because so, so many so many so many tangential things became that would pay off later on or you know become major storylines yeah, in the yeah. in the
1: uh, later on definitely uh but the, but in the beginning uh we got that a lot i mean uh I know Will did. I know Jason did. Like people just sort of had this, um, just assumption. I, I I'm not sure why, but well, because you, know, you guys are fun.
0: You're comedian. Like you're funny yeah. people, and they probably just assume like yeah, just the
1: docu camera yeah. style. You know, yeah, true. That yeah. probably had something to do with it too. Yeah.
0: Are, are is there any is there any further news about the? I'm sure everyone's asking you about the movie, which you're probably sick of hearing about. But
1: I, I no further news from the point. Uh, whatever it was I think in August, yeah uh, we where Mitch that. said something yeah, know. and nothing i'll actually i 'll see mitch uh, i 'll see Mitch and will on Saturday, um, and I can find out if there's anything more going on, but um, uh, I have not heard anything but i mean there there was a a potential plan a schedule a a uh, kind of a, a a vague sense of when we'd be doing it which was summer of 2012 so you know if that's good to go then uh, and I know everybody to a person everybody was like yeah we're in let's do it great right. yeah i think a lot of it i think is um unfortunately it's just the business of this business is it's the studios talking amongst themselves because the the plan is um uh, it's just boring business stuff but you know how like uh, the film department talks to the tv department they're completely separate from this division of this oh yeah studio. the worst and then yeah. each one of
0: those places has a business affairs person and then they start talking and then it gets yeah, to, when it gets like, to the lawyers it's a and it's just like contest what the fuck?
1: and you know everybody wants their not even like uh, financially their their claim and their stake but kind of they're like this is our thing you know and, like, but you're not yeah. doing
0: anything with it
1: <laughs> so it it unfortunately there's a bit of that to it i think you know but in but in the, the means but in the interim, the
0: increasingly important decisions of Todd Margaret uh, is on oh, yeah. IFC in the states. Great job! Um, and uh, does it is, is there the new season premiering?
1: Uh, the new season, which will be the last season, it's, okay. uh, it ends with this, um, uh, as it was always meant to. You know, it's a story that's told over fourteen mm-hmm. days, and um, uh, it the I believe January sixth is when series two premieres, which literally picks up this second after when I closed the door uh, at the end of series one, the last episode, it takes up from that, that exact second. And, uh, but IFC put together this, uh, this recap special because there's, it's so plot heavy and intricate and, uh, um, uh, and so there's this. There's going to be like this recap thing that's played up to the. Um, I don't know when they'll start airing that, but um, up to the to the beginning of series two, and um, and I think they're going to do like a marathon leading up into the next episode. Oh. Um, but it it basically goes back and catches you up, and also shows you some of the uh, clues that are there in the first series as to what's really happening, and a number of people, and I and I kind of. I wish it wasn't the case, but it was the case, and and I can't necessarily blame them. But we lost a lot of people who tuned in for the first two episodes, which who went like, "What? This isn't that funny. I don't get." It. You know, in the first, the first couple episodes are you know, who didn't realize it was serialized, and and we couldn't, I couldn't promote the show by going like there's a lot of secrets and what don't watch this watch that and you know you don't want people to go into a show like that you want them to discover these things and right. and people stuck with the show definitely like around episode 4 definitely by 5 and 6 where like you know you could tell like oh wait a minute wait a second i get it this guy is a, you know and seeing it more as a this kind of mystery or story or whatever so then i would just say to people that if the, if you haven't
0: watched the show yet just you know, get the first season and and glide into series two.
1: Oh, do not do not watch series two without watching series yeah. one. It'd be yeah. stupid. You but I mean, know but, what now, but now but now that on. people
0: know, I think the benefit of the way people consume things now is that rather than having to
1: wait and try to un like they can just watch yeah, everything yeah. at once well, and just well, kind of get well, the instant. the DVD of series one, which has tons of shit on it. I mean, tons and tons of extra stuff, and and definitely we. We did commentary both in in England and in the states with various people, and you know we, we point out like watch here's a clue here's a clue, um, and here are the inside jokes that will not pay off until episode seven and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but that comes out on the on December twenty seventh. Okay. So series one DVD, and that will really catch you up to as well as the IFC recap. But but that's a half hour of that's perfect in a nutshell what you need to know to get. But I would. I would not recommend watching series two without watching. That's perfect because a week and a half later, then series two starts, and then people will be perfect, yeah. Yeah, yeah, perfectly exactly. primed. Yeah. Cool. Well,
0: Cross, thanks for coming in, man. It's good to see you. Hey, I, I'm, week, I'm, no I'm, problem. I haven't seen you in years. I feel like it's been years.
1: Well, it has. I, I don't live here anymore. I know, but I come to New York a lot. But, but I was just, in London for the last two years. Ah,
0: shit. See, there's that. Out of excuses. Um, Fuck.
1: But well, I got to say, I, I'm impressed by your memory. Oh. Going way back with these details. of...
0: Yeah, stuff sticks These in hazy, there.
1: easy drunken nights. That, stuff
0: stuff sticks uh, in there. They <laughs> were very important ti- times to me because I mean, I always, you know, I I always looked up to you and that group as sort of like that's you know that's what I want to do and you know it was very. And God and,
1: bless you. You went and did it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I in, but in my but I always feel like ah, eh, but I'm not really doing the... I mean, I you know. It, it, the, when I make the, the the comparison of like senior class, sophomore, freshman class, like that's always that's how I've always felt. You I'm never like, catch up. No, but those guys are. But they're. <laughs> but they, but Dave's H. doing that, yeah. and you know, like those guys, and Zach's doing this, you know, and it just it just always feels like, I, but not with any sense of anger.
1: Like, God damn it, just like a, oh, but those guys are really what it's all about. So what we should basically do is instead of having a class reunion, say class of nineteen ninety two. Yeah. We should just have a class reunion of. Class of 91 through 96. The class of, class of 90s. Yeah, class yeah. of beginning 90s. <laughs> we'll do a class of 90s. It's going to be an
0: awesome party. Uh, I can't wait. I'll see uh, if the feelies can I'll play. get the squiggles. All right. <laughs> Thank right, you yeah. guys. Feelies. Enjoy your burrito, John Ray. Now leaving nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. <laughs> This episode of the Nerdist podcast is brought to you by hover.com. Hover is domain name registration and management that is simple. For 10% off your new domain, go to hover.com/nerdist.
1: Welcome to Pura, the most pristine, safe, climate-stable city on Earth. A haven amidst the wreckage. Here